Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. I want to turn uh, your attention very quickly to Proverbs 23 and 19. And while you're there, just skip over a few pages and get Proverbs 28 and 26. Proverbs 23, 19, 28, 26. And tonight is my second lesson on matters or issues of the heart. And uh, we're talking about the heart. It's uh, Valentine's season. Sweetheart's Day, as Pastor George would call it. Um, so we're talking a little bit about the heart. It's a good, good time, good season to talk about it. Issues of the heart. I want to read for you Proverbs 23, 19, and then I'll move quickly and read Proverbs 28, 26. Proverbs 23, 19 says this, Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Proverbs 28, 26 says this. Um, it's going to hurt your feelings a little bit, but, but it's okay. Let it. He says this, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Amen. And tonight we're talking about issues of the heart. And uh, let's, let's pray, ask God's blessing on the word today. Lord, I thank you for your word and I, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to, to feel your presence like we have felt it here in the last few moments. God, I ask you now that you would just be a blessing to us through your word. Speak to us. Let us not only be hearers, but doers also. And we'll be careful to give you praise and glory. And the church said in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing with me for the word tonight. Um, I've said this before many times here, and it, it, it bears repeating, and it's, I believe it's okay to repeat it. It is that um, you should not follow your heart. <laughs> you shouldn't. I, I know it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cultural etiquette, and it's something that uh, we say uh, really just foolishly. You know, follow your heart. Well, well, what's your heart telling you? Well, follow your heart. And I know what people mean when they say that. I understand the context and the insinuation. How, however, the Bible is clear when it tells us that if you trust in your own heart, you're a fool. You should not believe everything you say. Let me just say that one more time. <laughs> Some of y'all say, what? You should not believe everything you say. Sometimes you're your worst critic. And sometimes you're your biggest fan. And we got, uh, you know, self, uh, you know, self-deprecation. But we also have self-aggrandizing. Both of those things are not good for us. Uh, Paul, Paul said, let a man not think of himself more highly than what he is. He said, you, you fool yourself when you think of yourself at a state or a stature that you're not. And, and, and while I, I believe that that's true, I also believe the opposite is true, that you shouldn't believe 
something about yourself that is self-deprecating as well. You shouldn't try to convince yourself that you're not good enough, that you're not enough. And you shouldn't try to convince yourself that you got it all together and you don't need no help. Amen? Both of those things. It's, and and in, our, in our culture today, our culture is, is, is teaching us that, you know, if it feels good, do it. You know, if it feels right, feel right to you, feel right to you, do, do, do you feel good about it? Well, then do it. And say, so, well, you know, this may hurt people. Well, if it feels right to you, just do it anyway. You know, this could hurt relationships. If it feels good to you, do it anyway. Um, you know, we, we live in a culture where literally you can go against even nature itself, but if it feels right to you, feels good to your heart, then it must be okay. And anybody who would disagree with you, they're the ones with the problem. Amen. I'm not expecting anybody to run out tonight. But, but if, I, if I say something good, just at least give me a good nod. Like, all right. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we, you know, we live in a society where everything's okay and everything's not okay. You know, it's really not how I feel about it. It's how God feels about it. It's how the word feels about it. And you say, well, I don't know if God, you know, the, you know that, that book is just a book of, of, of conversations and words and stories, but I don't. I don't think it's really how God feels. I, I, I believe it is the only way we know how God feels. Because the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I don't know what God's thinking. I, actually, I do know what God's thinking. I, 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 because he wrote it down. It's, it's, in the, it's in his book. This is how he feels about this situation. He feels like this is an abomination. He feels like this is a sin. He feels like this is good. He feels like this is wise. He feels like this is a good opportunity. He feels like this is something that we should avoid. And when God says those things, it, it's clear. It's cut and dry. It's, it's simple. I mean, all we have to do to our life is copy and paste. Yeah. The word is that way. It's copy and paste. You don't really have to add a bunch of stuff to it. You know, the word of God needs no salt, no pepper, no Texas Pete. Definitely don't need no nasty Tabasco. Don't need no Cholula. Don't need no picante sauce. Don't need no sour cream. Don't need no butter, no cheese, no bacon. Now, bacon's delicious, but it don't need none. The, the, the word of God is good like it is. It don't need no freshening it up. It don't need no, no pastry on the side. It, it is what I just copy and paste it into my life. Like, take this, put it into my life. It's not going to fit. It's not going to please the flesh. Like, it, like, like it's never going to make you feel good until you are able to do it and see that the Lord is good. You know, see that it works. Oh, oh, this works. <laughs> this, is, this is good for me. This, this, this kept my foot from slipping. This kept my life from being in shambles. This kept my marriage together. This kept my mind at ease. This, this saved my financial state because I followed the rules and the word of God. Yeah, it's, that's what the Bible said, taste and see that I'm good. You can't, if you ain't ever tasted it, then how do you know? Amen. He tells us in, in Psalms 20, in, in Proverbs 28, 26, that if we follow our heart, we're foolish. To just follow what we feel, to trust our emotions. You know, following what you feel can get you in a lot of trouble. 
they can get you in a lot of trouble. Um, in the Bible, there were several people who got fooled by their feelings. None, none more revelatory than, than uh, Isaac as he, as he was trying to give the birthright to the correct son. And Jacob went and, and, you know, changed a little thing about himself, put a little hair on his arms. And, and the, father said, the father said, you know, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. And, and he believed his feelings over the word, what he heard. You see, I, you can't always tell what's right. If, you, if you're going off your feelings, you can't always tell what's right. But you can always tell if that word is right. You can always hear the right thing. And a lot of times we, we get so caught up in our feelings that we feel like this is right and this is the way. And this is how it has to be because this is how I feel about it. When our feelings are fooling us. We, we got a hold of Jacob, and, and we're just, no one can tell us that this is not Esau. Just because of how we feel about it. We feel that this is right. And, and that's what he's saying in Proverbs 28, 26. He said, if you follow your heart, you're a fool because your heart is blind. You can't, you can't see right. You, you're looking at something with your heart. There's an old country song. Now, y'all saved Holy Ghost Field. Y'all know nothing about this right here. But, but for, for those old folks that know some old country music, there's a song called Rose Colored Glasses. Anybody ever heard that song? These rose colored glasses that I'm looking through. Yeah. And the song is about a man who loves this woman so much, but she is garbage. She's trash. Dog water. She's running around on him. She's treating him bad. But he can't see it because he's his, he, what, what he's saying is my rose-colored glasses. My, my, these glasses that I can only see how much I love you. And so I just miss all the bad things you do to me because I just love you so much. And I can't see none of your narcissism. I can't see no kind of red flags. I can't see no kind of drama because I got these rose-colored glasses on and I just love you. And you can treat me any old kind of way you want to treat me, but I just love you. Many of us are doing that right now in our own lives. We have on rose-colored glasses because we're following our heart and we're so caught up in how we feel, we can't let go. We can't let go of attitudes and spirits and dramas. And some of us love to be sad. And some of us love to be in drama. And, and, and some of us love the pain that we go through so much that we don't even really want God to heal us because if God healed us, we wouldn't have nothing to talk about. Now, I'm not talking about nobody here. Other people, y'all, other people. Don't look around, other people. Nobody actually in the room tonight. Just some other people I'm talking about. Uh, some other folks I know. Because we, we, we like how we feel. You know, in different parts of Africa, this is how they find water. That's how they find water, is they will put up some kind of treat inside of a, a, a vase. And, and what they'll do, they'll go put that out in a place where they know that the, like, like the chimpanzees and the monkeys hang out. And they'll put that treat down in that vase, and the, and the, the vase is, is, is literally designed to be able to let the hand of the monkey slip in and grab the treat. But if it's holding that treat, it can't get it out. And so they'll just... 
they'll take the monkey and they'll trap him. And they'll just, they won't kill him. They'll just hold him in the trap. He will, he will not let go of the tree because he, he wants it so bad. He, 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 he's, his, he's, he's living with his heart. He's, he's got to have it. And they just wait and wait and wait. They wait all day until they know that the monkey is probably dying of thirst. And then they break the vase and they let the monkey loose. And then they just follow him. Because they know that that monkey knows through probably a lifetime of different generations of monkeys where the water is in that area. And they just follow them to where it's at. Then they discover it. Because they know that animal knows. The animal can smell it. They can't. And the way they trap him is they just put a treat. And as long as he holds on to the treat, he cannot, he cannot escape. And they say that they would say, sit there for hours and hours and hours. And really all they got to do to get out of the trap is just open their hand. Yeah. All they got to do is let it go. You know, your heart will do that to you. Your heart will make you hold on to something so long that it costs you more than you wanted to pay. Come on now. Yeah, it keeps you longer than you wanted to stay. And, 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 and you're, the whole time you're like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this because my heart is in this. Here's what he says in Proverbs 23, 19 in my reading tonight. He said, hear thou, my son, be wise and guide thine heart in the way. What, you see what he did there is he said, he put me in charge of my heart, not my heart in charge of me. He told me to guide my heart. He didn't say, follow your heart. If you're following your heart and, and it's leading you, then not me. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. The word said, you're a fool. What he says is put your heart behind you. Put the wisdom out front. Be wise. So I, I'm wise. I don't let my heart get caught up in stuff because I'm out in front of my heart. And I can see where the holes are and the downfalls. And, you know, that's probably not, that's probably not wise. That's probably not right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't let my heart get so deep involved. Because I know if I hold on to it too long, it's going to cause me trouble. Here's what he says. He says, you guide your heart in the way. That if you're wise, you'll guide your heart and you won't let your heart guide you. Now, we know because we talked about this last week a little bit that, that really he's not talking about this muscle in our chest, this valve that pumps blood through our body. He's really talking about the conscious of man, our, our, our thought life, this, this, uh, this, this, the heart of man. And we, we see this in, in Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23. Watch what he says. And he said, that which cometh out of man... That defileth man, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. That's, if, you, if you read that scripture and you really understand what it's trying to say, I mean, that is, that's a hard pill to swallow that all of these things are inside me. Everything that he talks about in that scripture comes from the inside. You see, we so busy blaming video games, movies, and music, not realizing that all that stuff came out of somebody. It, 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 there's no way that it could be in the bucket if it wasn't already in the well. So it's already in you, and that's why 
we enjoy it so much because it connects with our flesh. And see, Romans chapter 1 is going to help us because Romans chapter 1 is going to talk all about this. I don't have time to read it tonight, but Romans chapter 1 is going to talk about all this lasciviousness and fornication and talks about all that stuff. And it says, those that do these things are worthy of death. Then he hits us with it, both barrels. And he says, not only them that do them, but them that take pleasure in them that do them. So you're saying that I'm in trouble, not if I do it, I'm in trouble if I like it. <laughs> I'm in trouble if I watch it, if I let it entertain me. Well, I told you nobody going to run a house tonight, it's okay. Yeah, he said, you got to be careful because it's already in you. And you're not, if you're not careful, it'll connect with what's already in you. You say, man, why is it so strong? It's so strong because it's already in you. I'm, it's connecting to something that's been in me since I was a child. You don't, you don't teach a child to steal. You have to teach a child not to steal. You don't, you don't teach your kids to lie. Uh, kids, gather around. This is lying 101. Listen to dad. Here's what happens. You reach in the cookie jar, you get a cookie. I say, did you get a cookie? You say, no. This is lying. Let me get the chalkboard. And what happens here is, no. We have to train them, hey, don't lie. Lying comes natural. We don't, we don't have to teach kids to be greedy. And they just born greedy. My cookie, my grapes, my juice box, my toy, that's my G.I. Joe. You ever, had, you ever go to someone's house and your kid get one of their toys and just be convinced it's theirs? And then you sitting looking at the kid and the kid's parents like, I don't remember bringing that toy. I, I don't think that's ours. And you got to try to make up for your kid who's lying. Like, I don't know where he got that from. He had like his mama sometimes, you know. <laughs> the kid's just lying. The kid knows he's lying, but just lying. You don't have to train that. It's not trained. This is natural. It's already in them because it's in the heart of man. That's what's inside your heart. You want to follow that? The Bible tells us, says, who can know the heart of man? Who can know it? It's unknowable. He said, who can know it? He said, it is exceedingly wicked. Yeah. The heart of man is exceedingly wicked. My heart is wicked. My heart is wicked. I don't trust it. That's why I check it. I check it. I check my heart. And if I don't like the answer I get back, I don't do it. You know, there's been a, a, a couple times in my life when I've had opportunities to do things, go to go places and speak or go places and sing um, that may have been questionable. But you know what I did before I went? I checked myself. I checked my heart. I didn't like what I felt. I didn't like my motive. And so I, I denied it. I said, no, I, I, you know what? I'm going to be busy that week. I didn't tell them what I was going to be busy doing, but I was, I'm pretty sure I was going to be busy. But, but it kept me from being involved in something that I, that I knew I probably couldn't handle. You see, because I've seen other people before be on different things, and you hear people like, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe it. I'm like, hold up. You don't know what kind of check they wrote them to do that. So before you go around talking about what you wouldn't do, because <laughs> you don't know what you would do until that check's written. Amen? You don't know what you would do. You sit there and run your mouth all night long. But they say 50000 for one hour? Come on. Mm. I don't want to miss my blessing. 
Now it's a blessing. Now it's a blessing. All of a sudden it became, <laughs> you don't know what you would do. You know why? Because your heart, your heart is doing something different. Your heart has its own agenda, has its own mindset. Your heart, that flesh, that man in you, that flesh in you is strong. And you ain't ever going to get rid of it. That's why you got to check it. And you know, you know what I say here. I just bounce it off the word of God. That's, that, that's what I'm going to tell you. Just bounce it. Take that thing and just bounce it off the word of God. If it don't sit right, it ain't going to bounce good. It's going to hit that word. That word's going to say, nope, flat. And you're going to be like, huh? Man. And then you could go find you five more scriptures, try to bounce it off that. Now, if you want that word to say what you wanted to say, you can fix it to say what you wanted to say. But then you're really in trouble. Matter of fact, the Lord will call that a blasphemous heart, a blasphemous heart to take the scripture and manipulate it to make it say what you want it to say. Yeah, there's trouble in that. Trouble in that. So, so you, know what, you know what God does for us? Because, okay, my heart's wicked, right? And, and my heart ain't right. I mean, as saved as you want to call yourself saved and as, as good as you want to call yourself good, the heart of man is exceedingly wicked. This, this is why being a good person isn't good enough. You know, the Bible says that Cornelius was a good man. Here's what the Bible says about Cornelius. The Bible said that Cornelius prayed every day. That's good. The Bible said that Cornelius took care of his family. That's good. The Bible said that Cornelius gave alms continually. That's good. He prayed daily. He gave alms. He was a good man. But do you know that the Lord woke him up one night and said, you know, you need to go find Simon Peter and he will tell you what to do. What do you mean? What do I got to do? I'm good. I'm praying. I'm giving. I'm, I'm, I'm holding up my end of the bargain here, Lord. What do you mean it's something I got to do? What, what's Simon going to tell me to do that I'm not already doing? Because the Lord loved Cornelius so much, he wouldn't let him stay good. He said, you're good, ain't good enough. You need, to go find, you need to go find a man of God that'll give you the directions for what you ought to do. Your heart is good, but I got something that's going to make it better. You see, as good as we want to make ourselves, we're never going to make ourselves good. Listen, I've been on a self, I've been on a self journey, a self-help, self-mentality kick for years. I've read books, I've listened to podcasts, I've, I've spent money and, and been to conferences, and, and but listen, none of that can make me good. It can't, it can't make me good enough to go to heaven. Some people are educated beyond their education level. And some of us, we got so many degrees we could just be a thermometer. None of that gets me in the gate, though. It's all good. I'm, I'm down with it. I love it. But it's not, it's not going to get me in. Good isn't good enough. Because I still got this old raggedy, beat-up heart. But the Lord said, I got something for that. We see it in a couple different places. But let me point out just a few. In Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. He put it up on the screen for me. He says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. 
Now, you've heard me preach this here before because redemption and adoption are two different things. Redemption and adoption are two different. Came to redeem us that we might receive adoption. God came, the cross is to redeem you. That cross is, is here to redeem you, but it doesn't adopt you. It just redeems you. That you might be adopted. The spirit is adoption. We go to the cross for redemption. We go to Pentecost for adoption. That's a whole other message. I ain't got time to preach right now, but I, I, I want you to see that. Watch what he says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, because ye are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into what? Uh, <laughs> What did he send it into? Send it into my body. Send it into my hands. Send it into my feet. He said, no, I sent the spirit into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You see, you don't receive the Holy Ghost in your mouth. Let me help everybody in the room. Let me help everybody in the room right now. You don't receive the Holy Ghost in your mouth. You receive it in your heart but you will cry Abba Father yeah you don't receive it in your mouth that is just a sign it's a sign tongues is just a sign and tongues has not ceased that's 1 Corinthians 13 don't read that scripture wrong read, keep reading and go to 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul said I speak in tongues more than all of y'all okay Tongues have not ceased. That's, that's, that, that's an erroneous assumption of the word. It's a misinterpretation of scripture. Tongues have not ceased. Tongues are still afresh today. Matter of fact, we have tongues here on Sunday. Somebody said amen. The, the Holy Ghost still being poured out in 2022. Amen and amen. Thank God for it. But you don't receive the Holy Ghost in your mouth. It's in your heart. But the evidence, he said, he sent it into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. Okay. But the spirit is coming into your heart because your heart is the one that needs help. Your heart needs the spirit. You need the spirit in your heart. Let me just show it to you in Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. He said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit. Watch this. In the inner man. Oh, Listen, when that spirit comes in, it comes in the inner man. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, you don't get the Holy Ghost in your mouth and you don't get the Holy Ghost in your wardrobe. Okay? But when it comes in, something going to happen. You, your life will change. But, but God starts working on the inner man. God, God starts working on the inside. He said that he would give you the might of his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God in the inner in the heart. He said, I, I sent my spirit into your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Hallelujah. You see, here's what happened is if you let it, if you let it 
dwell in your heart, okay? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? And the power of life and death is in the tongue. So if you are not careful, if it gets in your heart, it'll, it'll come out your mouth. And when it comes out your mouth, you're in trouble. Look, there's power here. Let me show you some power. What will happen is the enemy will say, you're no good. You can't make it. It'll get in your heart. Pretty soon you'll say, I'm no good. I can't make it. What the Bible said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. And if you're not careful, you will establish something over your life by speaking it out of your mouth because it got settled in your heart. That's why he said, I sent the spirit into your heart so your heart would have the strength to walk with me and talk with me so you would know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the love of Christ in your heart. You need the Holy Ghost in your heart tonight. Yeah. Get it in your heart. He said, I sent the spirit in your heart because out of that, out of that comes all the issues of life. All the issues of life come out of your heart. And I mean, you, we still understand. We're not talking about this muscle in our chest. We're talking about our conscience and our mind. It's here. It's this heart. It's the conscious thought of man. It's the conscious thought of man. Yeah. It's up here. And look, we, we all know that we can be doing one thing and thinking another. Here's, here's how he says it in Proverbs 27, uh, I'm sorry, Proverbs 23 and 7. He said, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Watch what he said. He, he'll say, or eat and drink, saith he unto thee, but his heart is not with thee. See what he said there? He said he could actually be doing one thing, eating and drinking with you, and his heart be somewhere else. And, and, and a lot of us come to church, and we hear, we, we, we hearing the word, we receiving the word, but our hearts are somewhere. Our heart, your heart's not here. That's possible. And you need the spirit. You need a spirit in your life to lead you and guide you and, and control your heart. It's a heart issue. It's issues of the heart. You need a spirit in your life to control your heart, control your the Bible tells us that it's with the spirit that we pull down what? Evil imaginations. That we take authority over the imagination world and we take it under control of the spirit. It is a spirit that helps us take the imaginations and put it down. Listen, this is why you need to understand why the, the Holy Ghost and the spirit is for you, not only for salvation, for so long in the church of God, it's for so long in the kingdom of God, we have preached that the Holy Ghost is just a salvational moment. You get it, you got it, high five, I'm glad you got it. But it's for more than that. The Bible is clear to us that it is a comforter that it walks with us and it talks with us. The Bible tells us that it, that it is a mediator between me and God. And the Spirit is not just for a moment of salvation, but it is for my daily walk. Here's the deal. We're not, we're not activating the spirit enough. We, we, we save that spirit world for church because we don't want to be spooky. But there ain't nothing spooky about this. I'm, I'm, I'm praying every day. I'm seeking after the spirit every day. I want, want the spirit of God to be alive in my life because I need it to control my heart. I can't control it. 
The only thing that can control it is the Spirit of God. The only thing that can have any kind of power over it is the Spirit of God. That's why I need to learn how to pray in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Yeah. I'm not talking about walking around all day long speaking in tongues. I mean, if you want to do that, do that. But Paul told us not to do that. Read, read 1 Corinthians 14. Paul said, Paul said, don't do that. Don't walk around speaking in tongues all the time. He said, it's, it's not wise. Nobody can, he said, nobody knows what you're saying. Read it, 1 Corinthians 14. Paul gives us tongues etiquette in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, if someone new comes in the church, don't, don't talk in tongues to them. Read it, 1 Corinthians 14. He said, you got to be careful with that. He said, they don't know what you're saying. Don't be foolish like that. He said, you're going to scare them off. They're not coming back to church. It's in the Bible. Paul was telling us to be wise with it. He said, now listen, don't forbid nobody to speak in tongues. Don't tell people they can't. He said, because I, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. So I know what I'm talking about. Paul said, I speak in tongues with men, and I speak in tongues with angels. Paul said, I'm an aficionado professional tongue talker. He said, but I don't, I don't go around talking to people in tongues. He said, because it's foolish. He said, that's foolish. When somebody up here praying, you ain't got to come yelling tongues in their ear. You're not helping them a bit. You're helping you. You're not helping them. Talking English. How can I pray with you? Speaking English. Listen, I'm, listen don't, don't, don't look at me and go, well, that's what, no, this is the Bible. It's, if you don't believe me, 1 Corinthians 14, it's the whole chapter. Read it. It's, it's etiquette. And, 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 and that's not what I'm preaching. I'm not preaching do that all the time. What I'm preaching is have the mind of the spirit. The Bible tells us to have the mind of the spirit. It's, I need to replace my mind, my heart, with the, heart, with the mind and the heart of God. And, and, and how do I take on his mind? How, Brother Andrew, if I wanted to think like you, what, what would I need to do? I, I, well, I, I need to act like you. I need to get to know you. I need to be around you. How about if I talk to you every once in a while? That'd be good, wouldn't it? How can you know the mind of Christ? How can you know the mind of Christ if you ain't said nothing to him all week long? You ain't talked to him. You ain't read his word. Listen, he got a whole, some of y'all waiting for a prophet to come through to prophesy to you. He got a whole book of prophecy here. Knowing the mind of Christ. Knowing the mind of Christ. How can you know the mind of Christ and you don't know his? He, got, he gave us a whole book that's full of his mind, full of his thoughts. And we talk to him. We know him. He, and, and I take on that mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in him. See, when I'm Christ-minded, that means my heart is being led by the Spirit. I've never, in, in uh, many years of ministry and having a lot of friends in ministry, I've had a lot of friends that kind of walk away from truth. Um, I'm living in a unique generation. I'm, I'm about to be 43. And I, I, I'm in a unique generation uh, within the apostolic movement where uh, my generation kind of got forgot about. It was like, it was like a little bit of time there where like our generation just kind of like we just kind of fell by the wayside it was it was older men who were all together being awesome together 
and they had an old men's club. And all they wanted to do was uh, bring up young, young men. And so you had like this group of young, young men and this group of old, old men. And there was a whole group of generation, my generation in between, we're just kind of lost. There's nobody really connecting. So a lot of my friends left. And uh, they don't preach the same gospel that I'm preaching to you tonight. Um, however, one thing I've never heard, and, and I've, heard, I've heard quite a bit, no one's ever come to me, ever, and said, hey, man, I tell you what, over the last six months, I've been fasting, and I've been praying, and I've been really seeking God, and I feel like everything we teach is wrong. That's never happened to me. Nobody said that. Here's what they said. Hey, man, I've been talking to some people. And, uh, and, and I went over to my friend's house, and uh, they, they told me to read this book. Man, I'm tell, I read this book, man. And not, not the Bible. It's a book. A book about a book. <laughs> How are you going to read a book about a book you ain't never read? Why would you read religious books if you've never read the Bible? I don't care who wrote it. I don't care if the greatest apostolic, most amazing spiritual person in the world wrote the book. If it's about the Bible, then I'm going to read the Bible first. I want to make sure I know what the Bible says. So when I read that book, when I come to some drama, I'm like, oh, that ain't in the back. that's not in the book, right? And I, I, I can't tell you how many have said, well, you know, I got a new set of friends. I went to some conferences. I read some books. You know, I've been hanging around some cool people. These people are really cool. And I just don't believe that we're preaching truth anymore. But none of them have ever come to me and said, man, I've been trying to find the mind of Christ. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I, I was just in my word, and the Lord showed me we're wrong. Never. <laughs> but I've ha I have heard the opposite. Hey, man. You know, I got a new set of friends. I got a new set of pals. And I've been hanging out. And I've been talking to this guy and that guy. And I got a friend across town. He's really smart. Got a lot of degrees. You know, got a, he been, to, been to seminary. Got a doctorate, you know. He's been overseas. And he's been, you know, digging up bones. And he told me. And I'm like, man, it just don't match the Bible. That's my problem. I said, in a restaurant one night with a really, really good friend of mine. And uh, he requested that that night after the conference that me and him not go out with everybody. He said, hey, will you go with me over here? I said, yeah, I will. And so me and him, we, we skirted the crowd. And, uh, we were both preaching that event. And uh, we skirted the crowd. And we went by ourselves to a little tiny restaurant. We sat down, we were eating. At first, I thought, you know, maybe he wants to just get away from the crowd. You know, it's, it's, it's been a long weekend, and, and uh, sometimes you get peopled out. I get it. But as we said at, at dinner, he began to um, inform me that he was about to make a change. And he said, he said, you know, I, um, he said, you know, he said, you know, I'm going I'm to do things different. I said, that's cool, man. I said, I, I don't believe difference wrong, you know. I'm, I'm, I'll change the method a thousand times. I just can't change the message. You know, it's, it's I, I, me and you can debate about the method. 
I just don't know if we can debate about the message. That's undebatable for me. And so as we're having this conversation, I, I, you know, I, I, still, I still haven't really picked up on it yet because he's my good friend. I've known him for years. And uh, I said, well, man, I said, hey, bro, if it lines up with the word, I'm cool with it. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kinda, I should have known right there something, something bad was about to be said. He said, well, I'm just not clear on salvation. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought, okay, now I know why we're here alone. I, I'm getting what's happening. He's, he's, wanting to, he's wanting to explain to me what, what, what's going on in his life, and he's about to leave us, and he's about to preach a different gospel. And, and he wants to make sure I'm cool. And uh, I've always been a little bit on the edge, always been a little bit of a rebel out there, kind of doing my thing. I don't, I don't really fit in a lot of people's cookie cutters, so I think he felt like he may have been able to, like, Feel me out how I felt about this. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I think you can just believe. I said, I, I said yeah, okay. I said, you got to believe. He said, well, no, I, I, what I'm saying is that's all you got to do. If, if you believe, you saved. I said, okay. I said, I, you know, I, I, where are you coming from? Just, just help me. I said, I don't really know where this conversation is going right now. I said, but I, I, but I know you. I've heard you preach a hundred messages, man, and I know that you believe this, so, so fill me in on, on, like, what you're saying right now. He said, well, you know, in the Bible, the, you know, the Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? And they told Paul, they told that Philippian jailer, just believe. He said, I, I feel like we're wrong if we're telling people to do anything else than just believe. Immediately, I knew what book he had read. Immediately, I knew what book he had read. And I knew the crowd of people that he had been hanging around a little bit over the last couple years. And I knew what book he was referring to. And that is a, you know, and that, that, that book, I'm not going to say the name of it. I don't want nobody to go read it because it's a bunch of junk. Um, it's a salvational statement. You know, they, they believe that the Philippian jailer is, if you're talking to someone who's a sinner who doesn't know anything, and they ask you, what must I do to be saved? And you say to them, believe. And which I, I don't know if that's necessarily a lie. That's what Paul and Silas did. But the problem is, is if you take that scripture and, and, you, and you make a foundational statement out of it, that this is a, this is a salvational statement, that this right here is it, then I, I feel like you're giving me a slice of bread and you're trying to tell me that this is the whole loaf. You know, don't give me a slice and say, man, here's the loaf, because I don't feel like that's right. And so we, we had a conversation. I said, listen, here's the deal. I said, I'm not going to sit here and try to debate you, because the Bible says don't do that. And I'm not trying to argue with you at all. I said, I feel like you, you, you're missing it. He said, what am I missing? I said, well, what you're missing is the story isn't about the Philippian jailer. The story is about Paul. It's not about the Philippian jailer. It's about Paul. I said, because, and even if you want to even get a semantics the Bible says that they left that jail that night. Paul and Silas went to their home, baptized him and his whole family. So what happens to the believer once he believes? He is baptized. And then the Bible says that, he, that, there was, that they all rejoiced. Now you can infer some stuff there. I said, but let's don't infer anything. I said, let's move on to the next thing. What did Paul do next? I'll tell you what he did next. He went to Ephesus. In Acts 19, what did he find in Ephesus? He found 12 men of God who were good men of God. Yes, they already believed. 
they were already believers. And he said to them, he said, man, good to meet y'all. This is reading Acts 19. And, and he said, man, it's good to meet y'all. This is great. He said, man, listen, have y'all got the Holy Ghost? Listen, they, they were in a different stage of believing. They already believed. So to him, so to him, he wasn't going to ask them, do y'all believe? He was going to ask them the next thing in the stage. Do y'all, have y'all got the Holy Ghost? They said, we haven't heard of the Holy Ghost. Paul said, hey, bro, you've been missing out, cuz. He said, he said, he said uh, well, how was you baptized? See, see, at, at, when Paul was talking to the Philippian jailer, he was going in line from the beginning to the end. But when he met the, the, the disciples, he's going backwards. He's ending at Holy Ghost, and he said, well, wait a minute. How were you baptized? See, he's taking a step backwards. He's not going this way. He's coming this way. It depends on your audience. And I'm having this, I'm having this conversation with my friend in the restaurant. I'm like, man, you're making a salvational statement out of a, the wrong story. Because if you follow Paul, when he met people that believed, he said, did you have the Holy Ghost? They said, we don't have the Holy Ghost. He said, how was you baptized? They said, oh, we was baptized into John's baptism, which we know through Scripture was the baptism of repentance. Thank God for it. Listen, here's what, here's what is good. Paul didn't say, well, you're wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like preaching like that. I don't care how you got baptized. If you were sincere about it, Let's let it be what it is. However, you can get rebaptized. Paul said, listen, I know you're baptized into John's baptism or to the baptism of repentance. That's phenomenal. However, let's get some water. Let's do it again because now I need to baptize you in the name of Jesus. And the So here's what happened. They went all the way back to the beginning, and they baptized him in Jesus' name. The Bible says he got them out of the water. Once they was all dried off, he laid hands on them, and they all received the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what happened. So I told my friend, I told my friend, I said, would you preach to people that all they have to do is this and never lead them to what they need to have? He said, the next words out of his mouth was, well, I don't really know if the whole Bible's true. Heart. That old nasty heart. It wasn't a, it, it wasn't a doctrinal issue with him. Literally, I told him, I said, man, look, you're my friend. I love you. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about sports. I said, well, we can't talk about Bible no more. This, the conversation about Bible is over. If I said this man's name, there were probably some people in the room who remember him. Preached many of our conferences. Was a phenomenal man of God. He don't know what he believes today. Because, because <laughs> the man who won't pick a side is unstable in all of his ways. Double-minded man, thank you. Just double-minded. You don't know what you want to be. This in front of them, and this in front. Of them. That's the heart. That's that's in your heart. That's that's, that's something inside. When the when, when when the real spirit of God and the mind of Christ comes on you, you see it clear. You can't mess it up. You see it clear. He said, I don't know. I said, he said, you know, that men wrote this. I said, well, I said, well, would you believe Jesus? I said, would you believe Jesus? He said, what do you mean? I said, if it came out of Jesus' mouth, would you believe it? I know you, you may have trouble with Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or Paul, or some of the apostles. I said, but if Jesus said it himself, would you believe it? He said, well, if it's a red letter, I think I would believe it. I said, then turn to Mark 16. My God. 
If you, if, if, if you believe it, if it came out of Jesus' mouth, you believe it? Well, let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus told his disciples. He said, those that, are, that believe and are baptized shall be saved, and those that believe not shall be damned. So you got to believe and you got to be baptized. That's, that's Jesus' rules. Not mine. Not my denomination. This is not about denomination. Not about, well, who's your church affiliated with? That, come on, man. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, believe and be baptized that you'll be saved. And if you don't believe, you'll be damned. That's pretty hard. There's no gray area there. He didn't say, if you don't believe, we'll figure it out. He said, if you don't believe, you'll be damned. And here's what he said. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils in my name. They shall speak with new tongues. And Jesus said that. Not me. Oh, y'all apostolic. No, it's not me, man. It's not apostolic. This is Bible. It's biblical. He said, you shall take up deadly things. It shall not harm you. You shall drink something deadly. It shall not harm you. Jesus said these things. You cast out devils in my name. You, you know you can cast out devils today. You don't need a degree. You don't need no seminary. You got the Holy Ghost? Cast them out. Go home and say, hey, you got to get out of my house. Matter of fact, get out of my county. That way you're not no close to me. I don't even want you close to me. You got that authority. Jesus said that. I'm not making this up. It ain't spooky. It's Bible. Jesus said that. That's why he put it in your heart so that you would have the mind of Christ. The spirit is for your heart so you think right. Stop living in fear. You got the Holy Ghost. You don't have to live in fear. You got power. A sound mind. Authority in the Holy Ghost. Not because I hold some kind of rank. No, I'm a believer. Well, say, I'm a believer. But I, I believe and I was baptized and I spoke in new tongues when the Holy Ghost came. Yeah. And it keeps my mind right. You know, we look out on this world, and I'm closing. You look out on this world, everything that's happening, it's so easy to be fearful. It's so easy to be doubtful. But if you got the Holy Ghost, you don't have to. He said, he said, I'll keep whoever keeps their mind on me. He said, I'll keep them in perfect peace. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. <laughs> yeah, get your mind, get your heart right. Get the issues of the heart. It's your heart. The Bible, the Bible calls it your heart. Get that spirit in your, in your heart. Abba Father. Abba Father. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Remember that verse, Ephesians 3 and 16, that he will strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. I'll be strengthened with might with his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Would you stand with me? As you're standing, would you lift your voice and would you give God praise for his word tonight? God, I thank you for teaching. I thank you for understanding. I thank you, Lord. For revelation, I thank you, Lord, for illumination. I thank you for your word. I ask you now, Lord, that you let it sink in our hearts, that you let it establish it. Write it on the corridors of our hearts, Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to fill it. I want to fill my mind up 
with the right things. Because as a man thinking, so is he. So let me think like Christ. So I can be like Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord tonight. To all of our guests, thank you for being with us tonight. To all of our guests, welcome home. And we love you already. We're so thankful that you're here. We're so, can we give our guests a huge round of applause? Thank you for being with us tonight. We love you already. Already. Listen, Sunday, this coming Sunday is Vision Sunday. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be powerful. We've had to push it back, push it back because of everything, but we're here now. It's happening. This coming Sunday, February 6th, is going to be Vision Sunday. The power of God is going to be in the house. I heard that on Sunday, Pastor John was teaching so good, he couldn't even finish his lesson. So, so, so I told Pastor John, I'm going to let you teach it again this coming Sunday. So if you was here and you want to hear the rest of that lesson, be here at 10, because Pastor John is going to be bringing that word again. Be here at 10, and then worship's at 11, and we're going to cast vision for the new year. And I'm telling you, God's going to do something great. And you know what? He wants to do it through you. Ain't that, ain't that amazing that he wants to partner with you? That, that he chose you to be on the team at the end times? Woo, thank you, Lord. Whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Hey! Hey! Don't do it without me. I want to work through me, Lord. Do it through me. You're going to do something great? Do it. Choose me. I'll play. I'll come in. Yes, Lord. Amen. Put me in, coach. Put me in. It's going to be a good Sunday. I can't wait. Would you stretch your hands towards me? I pray that when you I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.